Wow. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So this is a special one-off episode of a uh, Caffeine Board Games podcast. We don't have Rick for the first time ever. I mean, it doesn't feel like a real episode of the podcast without him. So it's just down to me, Tom Cauldron, and the other Tom, yeah. Tom Lovewell. Yes, hi. <laughs> uh, we probably shouldn't have chosen the two Toms to do this one, because, you know, it's just confusing. Um, but yeah, uh, we're just going to have a special uh, episode talking about uh, the UK Games Expo, which was on for 2021, which it wasn't last year. And we both attended it in slightly different uh, capacities. It was virtual last year, so yeah, it was on sort of in yeah. a way. Yes, uh, we got we were, both went to that a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah, we're just going to uh, talk through our experiences of that. Um, well, I did attend the virtual expo in twenty twenty, and they did a valiant attempt at a virtual expo. But frankly, the last time UK Games Expo really happened was twenty nineteen, to mm-hmm. my mind. Um, and as someone exhibit with a stand as an exhibitor there, there was a lot of interesting statements coming out beforehand, which I know some people got a bit nervous about um, the precautions and things. And it it was a difficult situation for uh, the guys at UK well, Games. Yeah, they were having to navigate the um, changing landscape of uh, regulations from the government as well and guidelines and things as well. And I think they, they did... Um, they, I think they went above and beyond and did a very good job over, overall. Uh, I felt that it was a it was a safe event and everyone... I mean, board gamers are very good at following rules, generally. Yeah. I mean... I've seen that so many people not wear face masks now around the shops, whereas to sort of at UK Games Expo, I'd say the number of people wearing face masks was high and it's those that weren't were low. And in most shops now, it's the number of people wearing face masks is low generally. So I think it's a complete reversal to what you're probably seeing out and about today. Absolutely. And this is, I've, I've attended quite a few cons over the years, several UK Games Expos and several air cons and one or two other little ones. Uh, and this is the first one, I think, where uh, I've not developed some sort of con crud in the week after. So, you know, face masks and sanitising gels, it all works. Well, clearly, that's um, a high record phrase. Um, I don't recall getting con crud previously, but I had a small person who brings enough crud home anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been going to UK Games Expo since... 2015 I think um, and so I think I was going I'd compare it to in terms of size probably the first year it was in um, the NEC maybe the second year there was mm. really just one hall of exhibitors and there was a good amount of foot traffic it felt busy all the, you know I did have a few points to sit, um, sit and catch my breath, but not an awful lot. It was a nice, steady buzz of people. Um, the biggest issue was because I was wearing a face mask, because everyone was wearing a face mask, the background noise was quite large. You had to talk louder to get through the face mask effect. And consequently, my vocal cords were shot after um, three days at UK Games Expo. 
my wife was happy with that, however. So, you know, <laughs> everyone's a winner. Yeah, I mean, just walking around uh, over the three days, it was a smaller convention than it was previously, but I think there was still a lot to see. There were still some things that I didn't get around to seeing over the uh, the three days. There were, and there was a good amount of people for the number of stalls that were there. It was always a good buzz, I think. Definitely. Um, there was someone who I know who um, had gone for the first time mm. uh, and ended up playing uh, Dice of the Dead with them in the evening, and she was saying they wished they'd gone for longer. Um, they'd got through part of the convention and then when they found out that it was closing at six and they thought that it was the main hall was open until 11 because that's when it closed, they went, oh, crumbs, we've not seen half of it. So, yeah, um, definitely plenty to do for the three days if you wanted to. Yeah. And so it was a good show. Definitely. Uh, and But next year is even going to be... Uh, back to normal and all, all better and I'm looking forward to that already I'm looking forward to next year there was some of the Vikings bless them it was a bit wet um, on the Friday and Saturday so. yeah they always have the Viking village out the front I didn't think that was going to happen but they were still they there were st- not quite in full force not um, in full rampage um, you didn't have as many food options as in the past but you can kind of understand given the situation yes. with that um, yeah, I think to me, the biggest absence was your huge marquee names, and as a miniatures nerd, there wasn't wasn't as many miniatures uh, suppliers as there have been in the past. Mm. I'd have noticed that as well. Yeah, I mean there were some beautiful. There was a whole stall of beautiful um, scenery uh, and miniatures that we kept on walking past and go, "Ooh, look at that one!" Um, yeah. But yes. But the, uh, yeah, but there's not quite the uh, big displays as they have in previous ones. There's not the, well. You've got TT Combat, who are still. They've got um, Rumble Slam. They've got Drop Zone Commander and Drop Fleet Commander, and um, I think it's Streets of Venice or something. Which are all really nice. Um, and a few years back, Hawk War Games, who originally started off with. Drop Fleet Commander and Drop Zone Commander had their big miniatures display. So that they were the pretty much the main stand holding the flag for miniatures. Um, you didn't have Games Workshop, which in previous years had a whacking great big space right near the front. Um, you've had Warplock, who do Moonstone in the past. Um, you've had War Cradle with Wild West Exodus and stuff. And these are the ones that are just pinging from the top of my brain. I remember seeing more. Um, sort of the box games with tons of miniatures in. So not your miniature war games, but just board games with a ton of miniatures weren't there as much. Yeah. You see, you know all the names of these companies. I just walk past and go, ooh, the pretty spaceships. <laughs> I go, pretty spaceships, pretty robots, no wallets. You can't come out because otherwise I'll be divorced. Absolutely. So, yes, I mean... it. It's had a bit of everything, but a little bit less of everything. Uh, I didn't notice the um, the big war game section as well either. Uh, there's usually a sort of a corner where all the all the war gamers who've been doing uh, cons for the last fifty years gather. I didn't have that either. But um, a lot of things were the same or better than last time. I mean, I was on the uh, the playtest zone again this year, as I have done in in previous years. I, just, I did a uh, one afternoon on a Friday, and 
it was busy the whole time through. I mean, there was the same number of playtest tables as we had previously, the same number of people uh, trying out their games. And, we, it, you know, I was one of the red T-shirted volunteers trying to grab people for games, and that was the easiest job in the world. Someone sat down to get out their game, and we instantly had four people who wanted to play a game with them. I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. I think um, possibly the lack of the... There was less of the big, giant stands of all the uh, the major players in the board game world, you know, Asmodee or whatever. Um, they didn't have quite so much of the monopolizing and the attention of the the showgoers. There were some, yeah, some of the big stands, but you know. So yeah, um, I was just thinking. You're right. You've had Asmodee have their whole area of people demoing games, and they bring their horde in 2019, yeah. 2018. And others, and I don't remember seeing them at all. And um, no. I, you know, I was at near the Simon stand last year in 2019, and so that was a very obvious thing that I didn't see because it wasn't on my doorstep. Uh, <laughs> it, it did still have the, some of the uh, big stands with lots of demos going on, but it wasn't quite such a, a big thing as previously because obviously that takes a lot more pre-planning, and they uh, didn't have quite so long to uh, to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was more more attention available for all the rest of the things. So a, a punter going to the uh, expo this time wouldn't just be spending their entire time on trying out all the all the Asmodee games. I'm not sure. Um, it just seemed that way to me. Like the the smaller things, like uh, trying out a playtest game or or trying out this thing of this little start stand uh, round the, round the back might have got a little bit more inf- more attention from your typical punter than you would have in previous previous years. There's a little bit more to go around. Um, what I found is that you don't have the games that people went there to try that they knew of beforehand, the sort of the famous game, so to speak, or yeah. I'm going to go and play Big Trouble in Little China because I know that, and instead would find the independence and would discover games rather than I know this is going to be there and I want to play it kind of job. So I think there's a lot more discovery available. Yeah. Which was nice, actually. A bit more of an independent show. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't to say that the uh, there weren't some big games available to uh, to see. I mean, I spent quite a long time around the Cosmos stand, which is obviously a, a fairly big name in publishing, because pretty much every game they had there was amazing. Uh, they've got a lot of good stuff on that stand. They've got um, they've got the next, uh, the second crew game, where instead of going off to into space, it's Planet X, you're going on a deep sea thing. Uh, they've got Robin Hood, which is a uh, by the same guy that designed Legend of the Vandor. They've got uh, Anno eighteen hundred by Martin Wallace. They've got lots of um, they've got a Mayscape, which is a fun little thing. They've got a few Reiner Knizia games. It, it was all good. So, you know, I, I would get them to, to um, I would walk past and get them to demonstrate this one. And then I'd look over and go, oh, can you show me that one as well? And, oh, can you show me that one as well? And I think I monopolised this one guy's time for like three or four games, was, which is good. But yes, so there were uh, some of the big publishers as well. Yeah. Um, well, I went round and had a chat with James Naylor um, of Naylor Games, saw the nice big box of Magnate that when he resolves shipping hiccups, which I think he has, and it 
arrives will be quite nice to finally get out. I think I talked about it way back in cast something or other. Yes, I have I have still not tried Magnite. I keep on seeing it uh, at Aircon and UK Games Expo and then Aircon again and the UK Games Expo again. And then I, I, I always just think, right, when I get a second, I'll get, get a chance to try that one out. But I haven't managed it yet. Got it. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter. So when mine turns up, I'll try to find a way to get a game with you and Polly. I promise. Okay. That's a promise. Yes. <laughs> now that we're about 150 miles apart, that's going to be a bit tricky for me to fulfill easily, but I'm sure I'll find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, we'll manage it. Yes. Um, so there's that one I noticed. Um, I didn't get to play Paper Dungeons by Alley Cat Games. That caught my eye and is something that I really fancied trying. Um, it's a nice-looking uh, roll and write mm-hmm. where you're exploring a dungeon, funnily enough. Mm. Yeah, that those were the two ones that I didn't get to play. Uh, oh, the other thing that I didn't get to play was um, James Naylor's new game, which is the board game board game, I think. Or so it is something like um, the card get board game, the card game about board games, or something. Is that where you've got to try and arrange your board games neatly on a shelf? No, that's called. Ikea That's a different game. Um, right. <laughs> the principle, he talked me through it briefly. The principle is you've got your, you're trying to make three games, one of which is supposed to be your award-winning darling. One is going to be your mass market appeal, and one, I think, is um, your um, sheer cash-in or something. Um, and you've basically got so many different components that you can put in it and themes and stuff like that. The artwork is being worked on. So there's some where you've just literally got a few lines as this is artwork in place. And some of the other stuff that he's put in is really looking quite nice. So there's one which is uh, the Cthulhu Mythos with all Gribbly Monsters because there's plenty mm-hmm. of card game, games that have cashed in on that. You've got superheroes, you've got cowboys, you've got... Um, so yes, there's a nod in the... Um, game to his other game magnate and other things and it's looking got, like it's got plenty of potential but that's going to be more as that comes out so yeah those were the ones that i think i'd definitely going to try and check that one out uh on the other side of things the smaller independent publishers i checked out delve Ooh. which is a interesting thing it's not really a board game it's a book. It's a well, it's a booklet. Is that like the storybook games? It is a it is a so a so a solo map drawing game. Tell me more. So you just yeah. Well, I don't know much about it. I just flicked through this book and it looks just looks really interesting. I mean, you you're rolling a dice and that gives you some information about what sort of room you have to draw next, and you're trying to build this this dwarven cavern trying to uh, do various things. And I'm not sure how much it is actually a game and how much it's just sort of creating this world for yourself. Right. Um, but either way, it's a, it's a fascinating... I, I'm, I just want to spend an hour sitting with this booklet and drawing a, a cave, which is, um, which is weird, because that's not at all what I've, I'd normally do with games. I'm not sure if it's it's one. It's going to be one of these things where people argue about: is it really a game or is it an activity? 
I think. You playing too much Vast recently? <laughs> um, I haven't played any of Vast yet. I think. Oh, was that the Crystal Caverns one? Yes, the Crystal ah, Caverns. Yes, where you're I, the cave. I have. Yes, uh, I have played a, a, that a while back, which is um, complicated because I was trying to read my rules while trying to get uh, the grips of what everyone else was doing. It's like the goblins were over there sort of trying to do something and I was trying to work out how the, how I worked. Yes. It wasn't meant to diverge too much. It was just the, the cave element. But yes, I don't know how much... I mean, it does seem, judging by the artwork, there does seem to be some sort of dark, uh, dark lord somewhere in this cave. So maybe the further you delve, the more likely you are to awake something nasty. I don't know. But anyway, there's also uh, some other interesting things, like the Space Station one mm-hmm. and uh, a solo potion-making RPG, which are by the same people. So, yeah, I'm going to look forward to trying those out when I get when I get a chance. Um, there's a couple of other games which are actual... Uh, yeah, no question games this time that I've uh, tried out. Games, yeah. not maybe games. Uh, both very pretty ones that we uh, picked up. They have been out previously, but uh, they I, we just picked them up at the Games Expo. That was uh, Die of the Dead. Oh, I is, played that for the first time. That's yeah, a good game. lovely, isn't it? Um, which is uh, based on... Well, all the artwork is from like the Mexican Day of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but obviously you're doing lots of dice rolling, and you put the dice in coffins and try to remember what they are, and then you shake the coffins and see what your dice say. And then other things happen. And you're trying to make your way up these staircases. It's all very beautiful and got all this amazing artwork. Well, the dice are nice as well. The dice are nice, yes. um, We got. um, I met someone I know from school at UK Games Expo in the evening, so I didn't play Mm. it during the day. And she'd taken it from the library. And we didn't have, therefore, we didn't have the advantage of having anyone from the publisher or even the designer there to explain it to us. So we went through the rule book and admittedly it was nine o'clock at night and I may have had a cider or two and I've <laughs> been demoing from nine till six earlier. So please bear in mind that it took us a while to work out what was going on, partly due to adult brains. But once we actually got to grips with it, I mean, literally we played a round or two, we knew what we were doing and motoring nicely. So it's actually quite an easy game to learn how to play it just took our slightly addled brains a little longer to work out what was going on yes um, absolutely but that was doing quite well i mean i um as well as helping out on the playtest uh, stall and doing uh, being a general punter at the expo i also helped out a couple of days on bez's stand for stuff by bez uh yep. for an hour or two and uh die of the dead was being sold on the stand right next to that and right. uh, spoke spoke to uh, Mark from Radical Eight Games, who was uh, selling that, and he said he was doing very well. Um, he only, um, spoke to him on a Sunday afternoon. He only had two of them left, so yeah, needs a bigger car to, to well. carry more stock. Absolutely. Did it go um, with stuff by Bez? How was she doing at the weekend? Oh, she had a good show. I think it, the well, I was there for like because she's awesome. I know, yes. I mean, she had, she had a lot of uh, games going on this time. She had um, Wee Whimsical Creatures and trying to... Oh, what's the actual thing? Trying to guess which one it is by someone making a noise. It's the actual title of it, but I haven't got that, I haven't got that right. That also explains the game. Wee Whimsical Creatures or Wee Creatures of Whimsy or... Yes, Wee Whimsical Creatures 
something, something, something. Yes, but yeah, that was um, a crowd puller, which was just something she'd um, done, just put together a few bags. Of, I think she'd just like printed off enough for like 50 of these games, shoved them in a little plastic bag, and they went really quick. They were gone on like Friday afternoon. But yeah, I mean, the previous store, uh, previous expo, she'd had a store where she'd had like five or six people helping out at a time. This one, it was just her and Jason and me helping out for a couple of hours. So, uh, and I, I was obviously demonstrating some of the games, including the game that I designed for uh, the Categorical, which is uh, has been kickstarted and due to be going out next next year sometime. And it that was that was busy all the time as well, just like the uh, just like the playtest zone. There were people coming around all the time. I mean, obviously the wee whimsical creatures itself, with people standing there making uh, funny noises that they think this weird creature with three legs and and three eyes. Um, and wings might make obviously does attract attention people standing there uh, standing in a crowd trying to guess which uh, which little creature you're making a noise for so but we had lots of other games that uh, people were playing I there were a, a nice couple that I uh, got to demonstrate like five or six different games from the L deck for which was fun but yeah, I mean, Bez seemed to be busy. I mean, not only when I was there, but also every time I walked past, she seemed to have lots of people around her stand. Yes, so well, uh, as the Wee Whimsical Creatures is uh, on Kickstarter at the end of this month, so probably on Kickstarter yes. by the time this um, podcast goes live, um, go check it out and make strange noises like absolutely. Tom has just been demonstrating. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I should probably try and explain how that works. We Whimsical Creatures is you have five or six cards out on the table which have uh, bizarre creatures that Bez has produced from her, her amazing brain. And one person gets a number which indicates which creature they have to make a noise for. So they make a noise, and everyone has to guess which creature they've they're trying to indicate. So they might make a noise like "wah," blah 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 blah, and you've got to try and work out whether that's the three-legged winged thing, or the four-eyed pig with two snouts, or whatever. Um, and it's a lot of fun because mainly just it's just people just being creative and silly and eventually someone wins but no one particularly cares about points because it's just one of those games where it's just joyful to play play for the sake of playing rather than to win. absolutely yeah and pretend you're going to scare the bejesus out of david attenborough with all your different animal sounds yes you could do that if you want um well one of the games that was on a stand near us we had teddy tech um near us and um, ended up playing um, m- buying mismatch um, because frankly I'm a sucker for the artwork it's a nice quick easy game to play basically you have got a huge deck of different artwork and you deal out set deal the deck out between everyone playing so if there's three of you each of you gets a third of the deck fourth and so on and then there's six category cards 
And so you start off with one category card at the top, and then players take it in turns to place one card from the top of their deck in front of them. And when a player thinks they can put two or more cards together as a match, then they shout out mismatch and say what it is. For example, if you have got um, the example given on the back of the box, there was a chicken, there was an aeroplane, and there was a film. And so one would one person could say con air because that's matching the film and the aeroplane. Another mm. one um, would um, go and say surfs up because that's got chickens in it and it's a film. But then the person who said chicken run because there's an aeroplane in it and chickens and it's a film would get three matches and so therefore win. So it's that kind of thing. But so really easy in terms of to learn and to play, but the artwork is really, really fun. You've got loads of anthropomorphic animals. Um, you've got them in different jobs. So you've got a scientist, you've got a business person, um, you've got teachers, you've got different foodstuffs, I think. You've got um, so many different bits of artwork. Um, and yeah, just worth getting for simplicity of play, nice artwork and fills the space um, in between something a little bit more crunchy and um, the next game, if that makes sense. Hmm. I've not heard of that one. I've missed that one at the show as well. It, they, they were on a, on a decent-sized um, stool. Um, it, it was mismatched. You really couldn't miss it. It was on the same aisle I was on. And there was also um, Sandwich Masters by Big Punch Studios, also on the same aisle, which I played last week so whilst i didn't play at uk games expo i also played sandwich masters which is a nice really simple really characterful game um about making sandwiches um and again you'd play it in about 20 30 minutes and be done with it so sandwich masters um is basically a game about making sandwiches and that may sound really dull you have certain things that you add into your sandwich or to other people's so you can have fake ingredients for example bacon which is not made which is bacon made from zebra rather than pig you can use that in place of bacon in your sandwich which is fine but if you get caught by a health inspector then you're going to have problems you can also add attack condiments to other players sandwiches and cause them issues potentially with health inspectors and so on i played it two player unfortunately and I think it is a game that you need three or four people, really, to get more enjoyment out of it. With just two people, it was nice enough, but just got a bit ploddy. Does that make sense? Mm. So uh, you needed more people to just try to fight for the different um, orders that were there, that the thing that you were trying to put together, someone else stole, and you've got to change your sandwiches and things like that. So... Um, it was a decent game. I wouldn't say it's a great game, but it could be because, as I said, I was playing it two-player, not with three or four people. We also both picked up py the Pyramid of Khufu, didn't we? We did, yes. Um, uh, probably both uh, attacked by that uh, woman with the amazing headdress, Mrs. Yes. Cleopatra. Uh, he was uh, doing a grand job. And um, so supported by Fenrir Games uh, and the Gamers Emporium. And um, basically, it 
was um, all the profit, I think, was going to charity. So I think we got a bit suckered by that. But I'd be happily suckered by this kind of game for charity in the future. So I'm not upset by it at all. Yeah, I think it was a, a fairly cheap price as well, I think. Um, it was... I think it's about ten pounds. Um, yeah, and you can't go wrong with ten pounds. It was a nice little card game where you're um, playing cards from your hand. Well, you acquire cards from the market to try and put them into the pyramid. And there's a little bit of um, like this god fits with that god to score more points. Like it scores two normally, but if it's if it's with uh, in the same pyramid as set, then it would score an extra ten or something like that. Well, there's some which score more and some which are negative, and the bit that i yes. really liked was you had to put the god underneath something yes and so you had to remember what you put under your pyramid or what your opponent put under your pyramid to stitch you up because there were some i think which were you will get minus five for having this god but then if you did get the match as you said they would then get a plus three so it would reduce the problems of that god a little bit if you got the match so and there was a bit of uh, take that with being able to uh, steal things from other pyramids if you played the right cards yeah. um it it went along quite nicely as soon as someone managed to get all their pyramid with things in it and a little. Well, an item in every spot and gods underneath it to bless it then you're done yeah yeah it was a nice little uh Nice little game, and uh, 10 quid, and go for charity. Can't go yep. wrong. Yes, um, I'm going to be critical here, which is probably a bit unfair. The only thing yeah. I would criticise is some of the artwork, some of the colouring isn't the easiest, because it's quite a yellow background with some very hard... A very yellow game. Yeah, a very yellow theme, which I can understand, but it just doesn't always pop up some of the words and things. And that's being hypercritical. The gameplay is good. You know, and I'm criticising a bit of the production, but it's it wouldn't be make or break. I've seen far worse in mm. games. Um, you know, I've I've got games with worse artwork. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely one if you see on the shelves, worth picking it up. It's also zero plastic, and so hats off to them who've made it for being a zero plastic game and things like that. Very responsible for. The production so i've got a lot of respect for them yeah they're trying to do a lot of good stuff there yeah well done to them i think the only other well there's two games i'd uh, other games that i'd want to mention one that's actually on sale and in production and one that has been in um in the making for several years and every time i see it it's slightly further on okay. so the first one is um is a, a game that you can actually buy in shops mm-hmm. and that is tranquility which was which obviously you know quite well because you were next to it i was on the uh, same stand, the same, as board same stand game it. so i i was their vocal person pulling people in that either if they wanted to be shouty um or shooty they would talk to me or most of the time wanted a bit more thinking and a bit more quiet and tranquil, they'd go and sit and do Tranquility. So now I was yes. actually on the same stand. Um, just being. And I'd, I'd seen this game in uh, at Aircon last year, uh, and it looked pretty, but we didn't actually get to try it until this time. And it's, uh, it's a very nice... Is it just two-player or is it multiplayer? It is one to five players. So you've got a solo mode cooperative if you're playing it for more with more players and you're trying to 
set out cards to fill up a grid, and they have to be in uh, in sequence. So going from one one up to eighty, uh, and you can miss out some numbers. That's fine, but not too many of them. And it, so you know, same same sort of thing as uh, the game. If you've played that, where you're just trying Is it to the game or the mind. Either of them, really. They're both setting, uh, okay. trying to. Uh, I've heard set of out. the mind, but not the game. So that knows me. <laughs> same sort of thing where you're cooperatively trying to put out numbers, but this has got some really nice elements. Like if you put a a card next to another card, you have to get rid of the many as many cards as the difference between them. So yep. yeah, it's. Uh, well, you're trying that's... to fill a six by six grid, yeah. so you only need thirty six cards out of but the. Because you're discarding 80, yes. things, you will lose some. And um, yeah, so James Emerson, who's the designer of both Tranquility and the new one, the Ascent, yeah, was on the go stand there. But yeah, it's a really simple rule set that you can grasp fairly easily. There's a couple of other little bits in there, but yes, it's a. Uh, it's nice and simple, but it just sort of gives rise to this really um, tense and thinky gameplay. Like, oh, I, I don't want to put that there because that's five different, but if I put it over there, will we be able to fill those other numbers in, or have we already got rid of them somehow? I don't know. Um, yes, it's it's uh, it's actually a really nice little game. I, I didn't feel that tranquil playing it. It was, it was more, a bit more stressful. But anyway, it's very pretty artwork as well. It, it, the artwork by Tristram, I've forgotten his name of Silver Birch Games, anyway, um, is very nice, and um, I think he's it's different, mm. but still very good for the ascent as well. So I think the artwork is definitely tranquil, but I think the gameplay is a little bit frustrating, particularly if you play with the sea monsters as well. Yes, we haven't even uh, uh, tried that yet. Um, oh, that's yeah. fun. Is it? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think... Uh, he explained. Uh, he just showed those quickly as a the other thing that you can do with the uh, as an ex- expansion, but we haven't um, ventured into the, that those waters yet. Plumbed the depths. No. Um, maybe if we get really good at the base game, we'll uh, we'll we'll dare to face the sea monsters. Um, so yeah, the the one other game I was wanted to to mention uh, is Build. By Double L Games. I don't know if you've seen this around over the last few years. I, I it rings a bell. I think Double L were near to where I was, but they were. Um, yeah. I was very, very busy. So all the games I played were in the evening or at home because I bought them when yes. there. So I didn't actually play anything between nine till six. On well, that's a lie. I played plenty of games. They were just on my own. Because um, I was demoing them, um, but yeah, I didn't get to really stay very long at anyone else's stand. Just get a yes, feel, of course. Um, but I had seen it. But Double L them did, did have a little stand just across uh, across from you, I think. But yes, they they weren't selling it. They were just um, showing a uh, a prototype, and they they have been around for a few years. Uh, trying, to, uh, they've come to a few of the Sheffield playtest sessions as well, and. Uh, the game is a lot different to last time I saw it. It's actually looking like a... It's, it's got some beautiful art now, and it's and um, the graphic design as well, not just the art, uh, really helps the game, and it's developed into a, a very... A, a fairly slick Euro, I think. It's... Um, everything sort of fits together much nicer 
just because you've got this arrow pointing over from this bit to over that bit. So it's immediately obvious. So if you do that, then you move over to there and then that opens that up. And it's it's almost there, I think. I don't know where, whether they're planning to kickstart that fairly soon, but it, I had a very quick look at it. Just the last thing we did at the, at the, at the show was uh, try a very quick demo game of this and we didn't get a chance to play all the way through. It was just sort of quickly zooming through. Uh, but it is looking very good. And they've been working on this for years. Um, this was some, a game that started off with... Uh, oh, I've forgotten a name. Is it? Is it Lucy? I don't know. A young girl and her father. And she sort of started off creating this game with her father uh, for a school project. And then it just turned into a real game that they're actually developing and I think it's actually going to be good which is amazing oh cool and the entire right. Lockett family are still uh, still working on it I think they were they were manning the store between them yeah okay well that sounds like a fairly good place to finish I just want to say finally again well done to everyone involved in organising UK Games Expo for putting on a good show they did have some great difficulties in getting everything sorted um, and having to navigate the difficult legislation. Um, some people would say they made some missteps in between points. I'll leave that to individuals. Oh, I think they did very well. I think, yeah. Whether they did make some missteps and what they announced and things, that's for individuals to um, make up their own mind. I think as far as the show goes went well um it was very positive everyone who went there enjoyed themselves i meant to mention earlier and forgot they were still doing things for kids like there was still the uh family gaming zone run by um imagination gaming there was still Mm -hmm. the role-playing zone for kids role-playing so and there's still also the events in the evening so as well as the things around for publishers and people having stands there was other stuff that still took place that um, my son went and took part in the children's role playing a couple of years back and has enjoyed it. So I just wanted to highlight those other good things that still kept on happening. Yes. And next year it's going to be all of that and more. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And also it is currently the biggest board game show of 2021. Yay. Yes, um, I'd, l- I'd just like to repeat that. Well done to everyone involved in organising it. Uh, it was an amazing job. Yeah. Right, I think that's everything covered. Yes, I think so. Okay, well, uh, it's been good to talk to you, Tom, and I'll catch you next time. Yep. Uh, good talking to you as well, Tom. And best for us to do now is to say goodbye um, for me, Tom. And for me, also Tom. Bye. Bye. Wow. Blah, 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 blah.